Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, Blues, and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. My name is Ian Kroll, and I am joined by Chris Beasley. We are streaming live on the Echoes Everton Facebook page and the Royal Blue YouTube channel. Um, as I've said, I'm joined by the Echoes Everton FC reporter, Chris Beasley. Chris, how are you doing? Um, Who's on with a, a quiet weekend of, uh, of Everton news? Yeah, I mean, uh, we were thinking uh, maybe have a a fortnight we could actually bask in an away victory at, at Crystal Palace, but uh, no, no such um, luck. You know, you know, the Blues have been climbing the table, and we're actually just a couple of points off. I think um, placing the, t- the top half, and when we finished, and uh, suddenly they find themselves a uh, joint bottom there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I was spoke about it to the Echoes Everton FC correspondent yesterday, mm-hmm. um, Joe Thomas, on uh, the Friday pod, and you know, there's been a. You know, for the past couple of weeks, there's been a, a lot of positivity around the place, and that's mainly down to, you know, Sean Dyche getting the results that, you know, Everton have thoroughly deserved and maybe not have got early on in the season. Um, has that been kind of washed away a little bit now, or, you know, should we still feel that air of positivity? Well, I, I think that the big thing for me is um, that, I, first of all, I believe that Everton still stay up. And that would be very different than if this had happened last season or perhaps uh, the year before. And there's a couple of reasons for that, both in terms of what Everton are doing and what the other teams in the Premier League are doing. Um, sort of been a feeling in recent times that um, the way things are going, that the verdict was was going to go against Everton. But in terms of whether it was going to be sporting sanctions, which the club feel are wholly inappropriate for what is a um, an economic matter, um, uh, something that's happened within the club's accounts and then um, we go into the wherealls and the detail over all that's a very good piece by Joe this morning which actually um, goes into that side of things because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of passion over this quite rightly so but if we're brutally honest um, a lot of people you know including myself only told he had a sort of a grasp of you know re- reading the, the the report yesterday you know we might not know the the total ins and outs of what's going on. You know, I've been briefed for a long time on this situation, but it's still a very complicated matter as it actually says in the report itself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it will bring out a, a spirit of defiance amongst um, Evertonians um, because yes, they're, they're down on four points now and only one team has stayed up from that position after a dozen games. And that was Everton, of course, in 94-95 went on to win the FA Cup under Joe Royal. I think 
what one big positive to come out of this for Everton is that um, there does seem to be um, a lack of strength in terms of quality to, at the bottom of the division this season compared to, like I said, it happened last year or the year before. And there's going to be a feeling they're only a couple of points off Luton Town and uh, uh, safety, only one point adrift of Sheffield United. Surely over 20, is it uh, what we are now, 26 more games to go. You'd back Everton to, to over all those teams. And, you know, because, but like we said, they were, you know, they were on the cusp of mid-table where, you know, before this, this happened. And this is seems to be a much more improving Everton team than what we've seen in recent years. I mean, this is just absolutely unprecedented this you know this breaking news story that that happened yesterday the only comparison that we can we can you know put towards it is when you know something similar happened to Portsmouth for, for different reasons but they got a nine point deduction um so you know what was we were briefed yesterday yeah before because it was embargoed you know just before the 12 o'clock embargo we knew you know the decision was coming soon just yeah what was your initial reaction? You know, when when you first heard it, like just initial shock, you know, yeah. un- unbelievable. Like, yeah, I was, I was staggered given that, like you say, in 135 years of English top, top flight football, the biggest points deduction until that point had been Portsmouth in 2010, getting nine points for entering administration within the season. Um, and the piece I've, that we've um, I've done now just got just gone out there about um, how the Premier League can. Uh, a week in uh, a spirit of the blues that used to give Alex Ferguson nightmares. So you can check out the, that piece to get my thoughts on the subject in depth. But I talk about that there. These previous points deductions, they were always tangible. You could always see what had happened. Portsmouth, you know, you, you might not know the ins and outs of that, what an administration was, but you, you grasp the concept of it. And then there's other times when Middlesbrough had been uh, deducted um, three points for failing to fulfill a fixture. I think... Um, Arsenal and Manchester United got uh, deducted two points or one point respectively for a mass brawl at Old Trafford in 1990. And 100 years before that, Sunderland got a t- couple of points taken off them for uh, fielding um, an eligible player. So they're all things that you can look at and say, yeah, that's something that's happened there. And I can see why a um, penalty has been enforced. With Everton, they're, they're such a complicated matter and a financial technicality, Andy Burnham, the um, mayor of Greater Manchester, who's a lifelong Evertonian, he he spoke about it. You know, at a time when um, as a as a, the war going on in Ukraine, which had uh, affected it, and the, the worldwide pandemic, the fact that Everton are trying to build a new stadium, a stadium which is going to be used as one of the showcase venues at the European Championship, which uh, the the FA will be delighted to, to use it in that respect. That, Evan are being penalised so severely, like say record-breaking a number of points for, so, for something that's just the idea that whatever you think has gone on, that the punishment just doesn't seem to to fit the, the crime, and it, it seems yeah, you know, like a massive amount of points. To, and what it also does is obviously opens up the whole hornet's nest to what could go on with Manchester City and other clubs, given that, that they've got was it something like 115 charges against them. Well, we'll definitely come on to that. Um, obviously, we can't really go into detail on those clubs because you know that's it's not for us to say. And you know, although there are you know 115 <laughs> alleged breaches, they are being investigated. Um, so the next thing I'll come on to is obviously what you've just kind of mentioned is the aggregate yeah. aggregating factors. Uh, before I do so, but if you you're listening and you're watching on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, leave us a comment, leave us a question, and I'll put it to Chris. Um, and I'll read that out, and uh, I'll see if Chris can 
can answer yeah. any of your questions. But right. um, aggregating factors then, Chris, you've kind of just gone into it a little bit there. I'm just going to yeah. kind of read it off mm-hmm. um, some of my notes here. So the main bone of contention from Everton's point of view, well, you know, from the Premier League's point of view, where the kind of button heads a little bit is, these are just to name a few, like the, the likes of the, the war in Ukraine, COVID, um, transfer market valuation of players, you know, within this period. Um, why are the Premier League biting back so so hard on this? Because quite clearly, these factors have played a, a role, you know, yeah. in it, Everton's financial, um, you know, financial records over the past three to four years. Yeah, it's strange. So, you know, it just seems like they try to make an example of, um, of them. Um, it's weird because Everton have always maintained that they have been thoroughly transparent throughout the process, have been respectful um, of the process and um, play, played their part and the fronting up when the, the, there's been an issue for a time that they've been working alongside, obviously, the Premier League when it came to their own transfers. Everybody knows that there's been a period where Everton's um, uh, spend have been have been reckless for hard machinery. He admitted that himself, and he said um, it was the summer in twenty twenty two. We've not always spent large amounts of money wisely, but that period had already finished. Um, we're talking about the twenty one twenty two for the um, the the period which was under investigation. And Everton's spending had been curbed right back then. I think they, pro- they even made um, a profit of trading that year. So Everton had done their part, and yet the Premier League is still accusing them of being reckless in, in, in this respect. It's all very strange. And I, I suppose in terms of Everton are obviously appealing this and uh, the, these factors may be reassessed by uh, whoever ends up um, co- covering that um, appeal because Everton have always felt that they, they've been assisting the Premier League in, in this whole process, but there seems to be some sort of breakdown in communication somewhere along the line where that dynamic has shifted, where... The um, the cooperation and, um, and feeling of goodwill between both parties has, has eroded, and um, yeah, like you say, that these are all real factors. I mean, Evan talk about the stadium naming rights. That's that's two hundred million pounds of potential revenue they, they they missed out with there, and that that was obviously going to come from Mr. Osmanov's company um, USM, and, and, and that that um, obviously had to be um, pulled the plug on that after the Russian invasion of. Ukraine, the fact that they're building a new stadium in, in, in a pandemic, they carried on despite all all of that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's all mentioned in there, but I mean, it, it does seem strange that this feeling of cooperation did it disappeared, and uh, they ended up um, sort of being so, um, so um, hostile towards the club. I mean, another point in the report is the you know the the line on Everton haven't benefited from this within it. A sporting context or sporting yeah. arena or whatever way you you want to look at it, but the punishment mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't fit that you know bullet points or statement with within the actual statement. So it's not like they've obviously been punished with a fine. Um, it is obviously we know it's the ten point deduction. Mm-hmm. You know how how is that fair? How is that relevant? How is it fair to the fans who you know quite clearly are being punished? Yeah, yeah. I mean exactly. I mean. Um... It it's it says amongst all of that that um because Everton have got a billionaire owner and for Harbisheri who's obviously now agreed to sell his entire stake in the in the club to Triple Seven Partners that a financial penalty wouldn't be um worth anything to Everton because you know he's got deep pockets and he he can um he can just pay whatever but um yeah like you say that it, 
it's just that's been the, the, the whole crux of the matter for Everton is they don't think that a, a, a sporting penalty, like you say, something that affects the fans, and we all know how much beleaguered Blues have been through these past couple of years. It's them and the players who who were hurting this this morning. It's it, it, it's them who's and it's also lots of the staff of the club. It's their livelihood. To me. Um, I say that I'm confident that Evan will, will stay up, but uh, you know they've been put in this precarious position now. And uh, if at any point Everton were to be relegated in the from the Premier League, um, the the most comparable example you could use was when Aston Villa went down in 2016, and I think 500 people lost their jobs then. So yeah, it is. These are the people who are going to be um, affected by uh, this decision. We've just got to hope, like I say, that Everton do do it on on the pitch. But yeah, we we're talking about that period. Like we say, they, it's not like they were investing the, the funds within to the team because there's been this issue in terms of other clubs um, who, who've been affected by this. Um, Burnley got relegated and they came back up. They, they're the only ones, I guess, who could have any sort of real grievance. Obviously, ironically, they were under Sean Dyche at the time that season until he, until he got sacked on Good Friday. But there was talk uh, talking yeah. Leicester yesterday, making yeah. a response as well. Yeah, I mean, if if Leicester are doing something, well, Leicester went down last season. It's not last season that they were investigating, so I don't really yeah, understand personally how all of that, all that works because it's to do with twenty one, twenty two, and if these ten points had been deducted tw- um, that season, of course, Everton appealing anyway. But even a worst case scenario, Everton got deducted ten points in twenty one, twenty two. It's only Burnley whose um, position would be changed by that because I mean they would have stayed up and Everton would have gone down as to what happens last season with like to Leeds United and Leicester it, it, as far as I can see it, it's it's not applicable um, it's, and like I said it's not even like obviously Manchester City could be cleared of all that all 115 charges potentially but over that period they've gone on to have unprecedented success they've won more trophies in that period than they did over the previous 100 years and then the worst ever season when, when we, we're talking about this period and like I've already stated they actually, I think, made a profit in the transfer market. So it's not like the funds are all being siphoned on, onto the pitch and onto the playing squad. So, I mean, for me, these these um, arguments just don't stack up. I mean, we'll come on to it a little bit. Like I say, you can't go into too much detail, but you could have a situation in the in the City case where if they are found guilty of the maximum 115 breaches, you could you could literally have their whole you know decade of success completely wiped out. I mean, from, from our point of view, I don't know what the Premier League stance would would be on that, but you know it could be an absolute nightmare from the Premier League's point of view if the you know the most successful team over the past ten years in the Premier League, Manchester City, is found to have breached all these rules and regulations. It would just be an absolute, you know, it would be terrible for the Premier League's point of view that this would would be the case. Yeah, and I think that's what another thing with Evertonians why why they're hurting because it almost seems like it's all too easy, it's all too straightforward to dish out this huge penalty to Everton. Whereas cities are just such a can of worms, just set such a dangerous. If they had to do anything to them, good luck. If we're talking proportionally, who knows? I mean, what you're doing, you're saying like City that like, go all the way down to the bottom and start again. I don't know. Do, do all other clubs, in, in, including Liverpool, you know, we've we've ran them close a few times. Um, mm. Did they get retrospective titles? Maybe they're going to get that parade that they didn't get during COVID to go around with it. So, but I don't know. Yeah, it's so. I mean, I'm making light of what is actually a very serious issue there. But um, yeah, it, it's huge, isn't it? So that's another thing that this does. If everything's proportional, if Evan are getting ten points for this. They're not even going into administration for, like I said, a, a, a technicality within what is like 
uh, an arbitrary measure, as it were, in terms of profit and sustainability. That somebody, uh, it's not like they're going out of business. It's some benchmark that somebody has set, and okay, Everton have been found guilty of breaking that. But to give them a ten point um, deduction on, on the pitch, like I said, it just doesn't seem proportional in in terms of what has happened and in terms of who who is being punished. And we're not just saying that from an Evertonian point of view. I'm sure if anybody. You know, you take your Everton hat off and if you just look at what's gone before, it isn't proportional in any way. And like you say, it it, it just brings the potential for, for so much carnage, as, as it were. I mean, with City and it, and it, go, it could go on and on, rumble on for years because there'd be counterclaims and I guess they need to pick appeal and then there'd be all kinds going on. I mean, it just does a bare thing about. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. There's plenty of comments coming in, Chris, um, and I'll read the questions out um, later in the pod, but there's a couple of people. um, I'll just read them out to you. So, uh, Mike Donnan, move on, it's done. Um, There's a couple of people suggesting that. Lisa um, Billington saying, yeah, move on, it's it's done. That comment, oh yeah, there is. Listen, it's done now and move on. Um, but can Everton just move on? The club have come out, obviously, since the, the ruling um, and robustly defended their position. So, you know, is there no turning back from Everton now? Have they, you know, they literally got to go all in and, you know, we obviously know they're going to do the appeal process. We don't really know a timeline on that yet, but... Yeah, we there's no turning back now. We've literally got to go all in. Yeah, I mean, you can only look forward. That's another thing that that said we be. I mean, you just got to be positive, like for the reasons I've outlined before. Because yeah, this could have been a death sentence for Everton in, in in other seasons. Even like if it just happened last season, I think that would have been it. Obviously, it was you know they ended up staying up by one goal after what was the. Uh, I mean, so <laughs> I've had a bit of a discussion with fans over this, but I do, I do this too. To call them out, um, and what because it was, it was disgusting. It was the lowest equivalent points total in the club's history. They were awful last season on the pitch, but um, now there's under Sean Dyche, they seem to have turned the corner. Positive results. So I think only goal difference keeping them off third on the away table this season, and uh, certainly Goodison Park's going to be galvanised. The whole form needs to improve, but um, yeah. Like I said, the, the, the grand old lady, but hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And what what a great atmosphere it's going to be against Manchester United and all subsequent matches now as you know, the Everton, Evertonians all pulled together and do all that they can in terms of getting results on the pitch. Um, I said that, I've just got to be thankful that this is a season where you think they can survive a, a ruling um, like this. I mean, I mean, what will be, will be. Maybe they'll get some points take, uh, given back at some point. I don't know. I wouldn't hold my breath personally. I don't. I really don't know. Um, you just got to make sure that on the pitch it doesn't become an issue. So even if they don't win an appeal and it stays at ten points at 
just make sure it doesn't matter. I mean, you've seen Neville Southall on, on Twitter today um, saying how uh, um, he'd be so motivated to be an Everton player right now. He'd love it. Just, the Premier League have done what nobody else could do in recent years and they've actually brought the, the club's administrators in terms of the, the backroom staff, the hierarchy of Goodison Park and um, the fan base together now because everyone's pulling in the same direction and um, sort of this up against us against the world mentality and the, he said the so something on the lines of, you know, every point we get is uh, stick it where the sun don't shine to them. So, yeah, this it's sort of fostered that that, that spirit amongst the Blues and that said, the, the hope's got to be that you just make it right on the pitch. So, regardless of whether you get any points back or not, it makes no difference because Everton stay up anyway. I mean, you just on that point then, the, you know, the siege mentality that you've kind of touched upon, you know, in my, in all my years of support and Everton and even, you know, before my time of Everton's success in the 80s, the, mm-hmm. the siege mentality, dogs of war, you know, those type of situations, that's when Everton have really come to the fore, isn't it? And that's mm-hmm. where they've been most successful. And it seems that certainly over the past, you know, couple of years, there has been a lot of divide within the club. And, you know, for 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 whatever reason, um, people with different opinions, you know, people aren't entitled to their opinions. But, but right now, Unity is the most important thing at this football club, regardless of whatever happens with the appeal, because we have been thrust right back into, you know, a relegation battle now. Unfortunately, obviously our form doesn't um, represent that, but mm-hmm. unfortunately now the league table does. Yeah, yeah. As I said, just got to hope that the fact that they they are actually only technically only one win away from potentially going out of that that bottom three, but definitely in terms of like you say the unity. The siege mentality was always supported. That you know the most successful Everton sides, um, the mid eighties and the Howard Kendall. You know, obviously, Goodison Park's greatest ever night by Munich. Um, and see the, the the rough treatment given out to Bayern uh, Munich's players. You know, the infamous line about the manager complaining, "Mr. Kendall, this is not football," and um, get a short shrift from the Blues bench. There, they've always been at that that steel as well as the silk in in terms of you know the, obviously the school of science and. That playing good football, all the best Everton teams been able to mix it as well. As you mentioned, the Dogs of War, which I think Everton should try and harness that spirit again. I've seen 94, 95 when they were in a similar points position. Now after the deduction, when Joe Royal came in, you know, he kept them up, won the cup as well. Because that's another thing, keeping Everton going at the moment. See, um, in terms of the cup, they've had a good run. Sean Dyche has treated the Carabao Cup with the respect it, it deserves, really. Everton don't have the strength and depth to um, start shuffling the pack like Frank Lampard did last season. That, I mean, that was... He sort of um, got hoisted by his own petard in that respect and signed his own death warrant in terms of making 11 changes of Bournemouth. That was the start to the demise. He couldn't get out of that. I mean, Everton are now a winnable home tie away from getting into the semi-finals where you've got a one-in-three chance of getting lower division opposition and all of a sudden you're on the way to Wembley. So... Not getting ahead of myself here, but you know, there's a lot of actually to be um, positive about for once now at, at Everton. And if we take away that um, that points deduction, and even that, you can hope can be overcome. Given that this is an improving team, this is a team who, like I said, was on the cusp of mid-table, won three games in London consecutively in the league for what's only the second time in the club's entire history. I mean, there's there's promise there after years of decline and the managerial churn. I think Sean Dyche personally is the, is the best man for the job in these circumstances. I know he's been a divisive figure by his own admission, call himself a Marmite manager and he divides opinion. 
But he seems to have turned the corner now and the players are buying into his methods and getting seen the results on, on the pitch. And it, it's, it's not just that they're down to four points, but this is still a, a, a team which is way above that position. So like I said, with 26 games still left to go in the Premier League, you've got to hope that Evan will, will be all right. I mean, it shouldn't be the case. I mean, I still think that um, it's said that the punishment doesn't fit the crime, but let's just make sure, uh, you know, it doesn't play a part and that, you know, Everton stay up um, regardless of what happens in terms of all this. I mean, the, the punishment itself is obviously, it's been the biggest news story over the past two days and I'm sure it's set to continue to rumble on. But, you know, you've got sports pundits, former players, like the former Everton player, Gary Lineker, Sky Sports pundit, Jamie Carragher, former Liverpool player, coming out and just blasting the Premier League to an extent uh, over over this punishment. It's, it's not just hit home, with Evertonians, this as it this is this is a you know a, a national a national um a national thing really yeah yeah I mean as both people might so obviously Lineker had the season at Everton and uh, for as much as he's a, a fervent um, cop eyed now Jamie Carragher of course was 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 a boy up blue but yeah I mean he's good that the general football fraternity you got important and influential people like that speaking out because I mean if it was just Evertonians and they say well well they would say that wouldn't they but yeah. I think it just goes to show, doesn't it? I think the genuine shock about the the um, the size of this punishment and like we've discussed already, the, the potential repercussions for other teams. I mean, we're just concerned about Everton for, first and foremost and the sense of injustice uh, it seems to have um, brought to them in, in, in terms of um, just how severe the, 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 this, this penalty is. Um, just hope that they said they let the football do the, the, the talking and then get out of it themselves. But yeah, I think it is important that you get in people within that wider football fraternity speaking out because it does sort of reassure you that yeah, this, this is this is not sort of um, proportional to what's gone on to be to be hit as hard as this. Like I said, then a lot of people are kind of coming to terms with it. Some people saying just move on. Obviously, other people saying you know we we obviously should appeal. Um, you're obviously. Pr- probably not going to be able to um, answer this, but the appeal process, we know Everton are going to go through the appeal process. Do we know a timeline? You know, the, the actual initial process has taken such a long time. How long are we looking here? Because are we looking at before the season, the end of the season? You know, if, if there could be so many, you know, it could be a can of worms, this really, couldn't it, if this, if this goes on and on? Yeah. I mean, fortunately, my understanding is that it will be done before the end of the season. I don't know in terms of timeline. I'm not going to say like it'll be a month or two months or whatever. But my understanding of the situation is that the, they believe that the appeals process would be completed before the end of the season. So at least you know where you stand then before this season and because then it gets all kinds of messes, doesn't it? You I mean, I don't know where you go if it doesn't get sorted there that way. But yeah, at least that is my understanding. That's the one assurance like I'm saying, you know, it's not a personal assurance, but my understanding is that the appeals process would be completed before the end of the current season. So at least you'd know either way where, where Everton and everybody else stood. I'm just going to quickly run through some comments then, Chris. Um, get them up on the screen. So Steve Mason has said, five-point deduction would be easier to swallow, having admitted to to faulting. Um, obviously, we know Everton aren't you know, denying that they've unintentionally maybe done something wrong and have admitted to the guilt that's obviously the punishment that clearly doesn't fit the crime um, what would you what would you say to that five I think, points yeah I think that, that there's there's actually a lot of merit in what Steve says there because if you look at a historical precedent um, the, the previous time that you had anything close to this I think was 
Sheffield Wednesday also fallen foul of profit and sustainability rules. I think it was season 20, 2021. They got a 12-point deduction, and that was later reduced to a six-point um, reduction after an appeal. So that would actually sort of follow that pattern and that they got it half. I mean, ultimately, didn't say Sheffield Wednesday. They still got relegated. But yeah, theirs went down from 12 to six. So, I mean, it's a fair assumption that perhaps, you know, it might be able to get one for go from 10 to five. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. This is an interesting one, Chris. And again, you know, you're know, you not going to be able to give a definitive yeah. answer on it. But um, Martin Edwards has said, or asked, will the club prevent the banners going in next week? We, you know, there's been a lot of talk on social media of protests, you know, banners going up, um, you know, against the, the Premier League. Um, probably a, a difficult one for Everton, but are we are we expected to see banners, you know, protesting against this yeah. decision on the Premier League? We're certainly expected to see the banners, and I don't know um, why the club um, would. I mean, it's the club's interest, isn't it? I don't think they would. They would stop them. I mean, the only thing you could say is, I don't know, you potentially upset the Premier League even more by doing stuff like that. But I've not heard anything about the club actually stopping them. I mean, obviously, when the fans were protesting against their own ownership um, last season, we, we saw banners win the ground. I mean, I think we even saw one this season about um, people speaking out about Triple Seven uh, when we were at the Brentford game. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's any sort of, I've not heard any policy of where they beat the club was going to stop them bringing them in and you know a while they, I'm sure the club are never going to go on the record and say they're positively encouraging su- such a thing uh, uh, it is um, it's, it's it's all in terms of them paying, pulling in the same direction that I know well, I know that privately they're, they're, they're absolutely livid about this they, they, they think um, they've, they're struggling to come to terms with it themselves they just don't they just don't think it's a proportional um, punishment and in fact they, they go as far as saying that they don't think there should be a sporting sanction uh, whatsoever Anthony Osman has said we're being discriminated against to such a level that we should sue the Premier League as it's not a sports issue for this deduction um, we've obviously touched upon that you know no benefits or Everton haven't benefits, benefited in any sporting arena from this yeah. you know financial penalty <laughs> Again, this is opening up a can of worms, isn't it? But yeah. you know, could Everton, you know, if the appeal process doesn't go in our favour, you know, there's there's appeal processes and more appeal processes yeah. that could go on further. But obviously, yeah. within the timeline, Everton could be relegated by then. But then they could be they could be safe by then. Yeah, I mean, totally um, understand Anthony's um, frustration and and share it. But from a, I'm a, I'm, I must admit, I'm, from a legal point of view, I'm nowhere near. As much an expert as they even suggest uh, how that would start, I really don't know. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't know where to, to start with that one. That's the problem. I mean, I'm supposed to be a football reporter. And you see, so you're doing incre- increasingly amount of stuff that's non-football. Here, but yeah, I honestly wouldn't know where to, where to start with, with that one. I'm not too sure how it would work from a practical point of view. Okay, thanks for the questions that have just been sent in there. Um, so... 
you know, I want to talk about football and matters really, you know, since international mm. break, you know, do you think has this come at a good time, the international break, or would you rather see an Everton match this weekend, you know, <laughs> given what given what's going on? We we know Everton play yeah. United next next week, um, four o'clock or half four on Sunday. Do you mm. foresee a change in atmosphere, a change in attitude at Goodison Park now? Well, definitely. It's, it's an interesting one to debate whether would it have been better going straight into it this weekend, you know, when the feelings are still raw, maybe just 48 hours after the decision, or if you had time to digest it, sort of come to terms with it over over a, a week or, or so. Um, I, I really don't know. I think he did. Makes no what. I mean, you could have had um, a six-week break like the World Cup last year, but Goodison was still going to be rocking the next time and went there after a decision um, like like this. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm not too sure. I think whatever the Everton's next home game was going to be, it was it was going to be you know a huge atmosphere. And just the hope is obviously they can keep it up, not just the Manchester United game, which is still going to be a tough game. We know all the problems they've got, and you might think that's actually a good time to play United, but you've got to continue this throughout the, the season. Now it's not just going to be a one-off thing. It's just got to be sort of the fuel to fire Everton both home and away for the, the rest of the season. Now this this sense of injustice, um, not just the one game. Obviously that's going to be when the eyes of the world are on Everton. And probably the the biggest spotlight in terms of a protest and what sort of reaction you're going to get. We have just have to keep this going for not just uh, the weeks ahead, that busy December period, but for for the whole uh, rest of the season. Uh, I do want to touch upon other clubs, particularly Manchester City, who find themselves in a similar situation. Um, we know City are being investigated for 115 breaches themselves. Mm. We've t- we kind of touched upon it a little bit, but. You know, Everton's 10-point deduction for one breach, you know, so insignificant. Obviously, the Premier League don't see that, but surely if City are found guilty on even half of those 115, yeah, yeah, like what, what precedent does it set? I think someone obviously did the maths um, <laughs> and City were deducted over a 1,000 points if this was to, 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 to be, like, go into fruition, do you know what I mean? So it's a... Uh, it's, it's it's in a way the Premier League are backing themselves into a, a deeper corner by by I know the it's clear that they're trying to set an example mm. on Everton to stop other Premier League teams doing it, but surely they're setting the precedent. Yeah, it 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 uh, you just doesn't bear think about with, with City because with the repercussion. I mean, they're not going to get a thousand point fine. That's just not going to be applicable in, in any way. I mean, obviously, like you say, somebody's done the maths and worked and worked it out, but. Um, I, I really don't know. It's 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 massive, isn't it? It's potentially huge because, like you say, not just in terms of what happens to City. You know, if you relegate City by, you, know, you relegate them almost. I who knows, who knows. But also, what goes on in terms of, unlike Everton, you know, this is one season. And you've got, a, and then you've got the other clubs who are involved in that. There already, some of those have been kicking off and causing ructions. What do you do over something that happened over a decade? That it just doesn't. It doesn't bear thing about in terms of the scale of the whole thing. Um, you just don't know where, where it could end. Like we've already touched upon already, retrospective titles being handed out, but it's just not that. It's like Champions League places, all kinds of. Um, I mean, where do you stop? Even like just normal league results against like Everton and all other clubs. It's it just a massive rod for their own back in terms of the, the Premier League. Okay, like you said, they've been they've been one to be seen to be in tough to Everton. And uh, not letting them get off lightly, but like 
I just don't know. But I mean, there's so much sort of leeway. It could go either way. Like you say, there were 115 charges. You could have half of them. You could have a quarter of them, three quarters, none of them, all of them. It just it, It's just, uh, where would it all end? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, our priority got, has got to be Everton and, you know, what, what this means for Everton. But it, it, it beggars belief what, what could happen with City and other clubs if, you know, if, if, if those ever do get investigated. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a couple of um, people in the, in the comments, Chris, uh, asking, you know, do you, do you honestly think that the point we will get a points reduction um, or get get points back, whatever way you want to look at it, on, yeah. on appeal? Do you, do you foresee that or do you think the Premier League are going to stand firm on that? Given that they initially said they recommended 12 themselves, like I said, that I, I wouldn't be holding my breath. I wouldn't be holding out for that possibility we discussed already Sheffield Wednesday went to appeal got theirs halved but I wouldn't be relying on that I mean it'd be nice bonus to get those back but as I've said already let's just make sure that Everton are safe regardless of this and I genuinely believe there's there's a good chance of that compared to recent years so first and foremost pull away from the danger anyway and then anything else you can get is, is like an added bonus because then you get a bit more money, wouldn't you? In prize money and finishing a bit higher up the Premier League table. But yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sort of holding out on that. And you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Let's just hope that Everton are good enough on on the pitch for that just to be a bonus in terms of um, um, them remaining in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm um, going to finish off now, Chris. Um, I think I've kept you for for long enough. Um, but just one last question before I do. I asked Joe Thomas this yesterday. Yeah. Um, if this ten point deduction is to stick, yeah, which you know it's looking likely that it is. We don't know what the appeal process will bring. Everton are currently nineteenth, yeah. four points. Will Everton stay up and be in the Premier League next year? Yeah, I've said, I've said already. I, I, I genuinely, I genuinely believe they do. I think that's the one good thing that we could say about it coming now. In that, like I said, they're only. Two points uh, adrift to safety as overhauled in Luton Town, one point behind Sheffield United. Over a 26-game period, you've got to back them. I mean, they had 45 minutes against Luton Town's comeback. They should have come back then and they didn't do, but over 26 games, you've you've got to, and that's got to be the whole saving grace in this set. You've got to believe, you know, this is an improving Everton team. They're going to be galvanised more by the sense of defiance from all this, and uh, personally, uh, I'm, I'm very much um, backing them, and, and I'm hoping that, that that they'll stay up. I do. I genuinely believe they do. I mean, it shouldn't have come to this, but yeah, I, I believe that they will stay up. Right. Well, Chris, thanks for the, obviously joining me for this latest chat. Um, any plans for the rest of the afternoon, or are you just going to be monitoring closely the the latest developments from this ten point adoption yeah. story? Got a nice um, piece coming up about um, Neville Southall and the statue again because I've got a piece coming up on on, on Neb's um, comments today online. But before that, earlier in the week, he was talking about playing down that idea that he should have a statue and that he's um, he got enough um, sort of adulation during his playing career. But I mean, there's a lot of Evertonians, including myself, uh, actually respectfully disagree with that for Nev, and we believe that. Um, should get that for, for the new stadium. But it might have to have a whip round, given that the Premier League are concerned about Everton's spending. So perhaps the fans might have to fund that one themselves. Yeah, like I said, wouldn't be opposed to it, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah, guys, okay. Thanks very much uh, to our listeners and to the people watching. Uh, there'll be plenty more to come on this story, obviously over the course of the weekend and into next week. Uh, obviously, follow on from that. Everton have got a massive game 
at Goodison Park, 4.30pm, under the lights uh, against Manchester United. That's going to be an interesting one. Stick with the Echoes website and social channels for all the latest news and developments. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.